You're listening to today's inspirational message on pursuing God with Gene Apple. Here's Gene. Well, happy Thursday. The weekend's just around the corner, and I hope you're making your plans right now to be on one of our Eastside campuses for the new series we just started last weekend, Authentic Faith, based on the book of James. I'm telling you, James is just filled with practical teaching we need in numerous areas of our daily lives. And uh, I think you'll find the messages will be so helpful, and I hope you won't let anything keep you away from church this weekend and bring somebody with you. Uh, After the past couple of days, we've discussed two things the Holy Spirit does for us. He convicts us of sin, for one, and second, he empowers us to serve in the body of Christ. A third thing God's Holy Spirit does for us, he guides us into an understanding of God's truth and will. Let me explain that. The Holy Spirit guided the disciples into truth when they wrote the scriptures. And then the Holy Spirit guides us into understanding of truth as we read the scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 to 14 says, We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God for their foolishness to him. He can't understand them because they are, listen to this phrase, spiritually discerned. Often I hear non-believers say, I read the Bible and it didn't make much sense to me, or, or I'm unable to concentrate when I read the Bible. In contrast, spiritually hungry followers of Jesus often say, man, I can't get enough of God's word. I, I love to hear it taught. It's really feeding me, sustaining me. The difference is that spiritual truth needs spiritual discernment. We need the Holy Spirit dwelling within us to kind of rightly understand the Bible and to guide us to truth. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. There are times in our lives where we need wisdom from the Holy Spirit to apply biblical truth in a practical way. The Holy Spirit's guidance might be needed in the life of a parent who has the responsibility of disciplining children. Another person may need the wisdom of the Holy Spirit when reading the scripture to gain God's guidance on decision, like, you know, thinking about changing a job. Back in 1984, many years ago, I wanted to accept the invitation of Eastside Christian Church to be a minister of Christian education. I was only 24 years old. I had interned at the church a few years earlier. They gave me this offer, but... You know, the timing just didn't seem right, and the circumstances were not the best time for making a move, so I said no to the opportunity in the church I loved. And I look back now and realize what a mistake it probably would have been to say yes, Um, because it's now just so clear to me, God didn't call me into that kind of role. He called me to preach and lead. I I didn't hear an audible voice, but I really believe that I made that decision because the Holy Spirit revealed it to me in the same way that he revealed his years year later when I was invited to come to Eastside once again, but this time as the senior pastor. And I'm just so glad I paid attention to his leadings. Here's a fourth thing the Holy Spirit does for us. He gives us a personality makeover. Heard about a Scandinavian couple who were regular church tenders, and they had a strong faith in God, but they just could not get along with each other. And they knew God didn't want them to get a divorce, so they prayed, and they quarreled, and they prayed, and they quarreled. And finally, after a desperate quarrel, the wife said, "Hun, let's just pray that the Lord will take one of us, and then I'll go and live with my mother. <laughs> It'd be nice 
if one of them surrendered to the Holy Spirit and just automatically flowed with love for everyone? I mean, wouldn't it be nice if we had, if all we had to do was pray and then we'd be able to get along with anybody in our life? But it doesn't work that way. Instead, as we increasingly yield to the Holy Spirit's leadership over time, he does a makeover of our personality. Galatians 5.22 says, when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he produces this kind of fruit in us. What is it? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are all qualities that we all want to control our lives and transform our personalities. We don't want to be hateful, depressed, discontent, impatient, mean-spirited, undependable, rude, uncontrolled. And so the more we allow the Holy Spirit to control our lives, the more he enhances our personality, transforms us with an inner kind of beauty. God is able to take the hardest people and by his spirit perform a makeover that leads to an incredible transformation. Can I share one more thing that the Holy Spirit does for us? He comforts us in our trouble. Jesus said in John 14, 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you the comforter, the spirit of truth to be with you forever. Listen, when you go through grief, I know this firsthand and deep hurt, the Holy Spirit is there to comfort you. And you will be amazed at how well you can cope with problems you thought you could never endure. Not that it's easy, but he's with you. And then the sixth thing the Holy Spirit does for us, he empowers us to be a witness for Jesus. Acts 1.8, Jesus says that we would receive the power of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses. Now, before Jesus died, Simon Peter tried to witness in his own power. And on the night of Jesus' arrest and trial, If you remember, Peter followed Jesus right into the courtyard of the high priest Caiaphas and a servant girl pointed a finger at Peter and said, hey, you're a follower of that Nazarene, aren't you? Why are you here? And Peter immediately caved in and said, oh, no, I I don't even know the guy. Three times he denies Jesus. And yet just two months later, after he had been filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, Peter stands up in front of thousands of people in Jerusalem and says, hey, you guys, you've crucified the Son of God and he's going to hold you accountable. The power of the Holy Spirit is at work within Jesus. That same power empowered Peter with courage to be bold for Jesus that day, to witness for him. One of the most common first century prayers of followers of Jesus was, Lord, give us boldness. Give us boldness. That doesn't mean make me obnoxious, loud, and rude. When the Holy Spirit is controlling your life, you're able to speak up for Jesus, even though you know there will be people who disagree or people who might be uncomfortable talking about matters of their faith. You do things, you say things through the power of the Holy Spirit that you didn't think you could do or say. Now, there's one more important question to address. How can we be filled with the Holy Spirit? And we're going to close the week tomorrow talking about that, how to be filled. God, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives today to transform us, to move us, to make us into the people that you want us to be. And think about people who are hurting right now and need the comforting work of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you that you're close to them and I pray that they'll experience your comfort and uh, your closeness today, wherever they are, and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Catch you tomorrow. You're listening to today's inspirational message on pursuing God with Gene Apple. 